welcome back to the Country Intelligence Report. On the podcast, we explore big ideas, discuss the latest headlines from the worlds of international affairs and consulting. We're excited to have you join us on this incredible journey as we delve into a myriad of fascinating topics and provide impactful insights. Stay tuned as we take you around the globe. Welcome back to the Country Intel Report podcast. We are your hosts, Krista Campbell and Spencer Bentley. Today, we are going to discuss effective delegation and how it is the cornerstone of good leadership. Hey, Spencer, I was reading an article that discussed task delegation by Gary Wiles, and it was published in 2019, and it mentioned, whether we like it or not, we naturally delegate based on personality. In other words, would we really trust someone to deliver a piece of work if they're disengaged and potentially out to sabotage the project? Of course not. But as a leader, the most important task is teaching people how to think and to ask the right questions so that the world doesn't go to hell if you take the day off. However, we know this, but we also know that delegation is difficult to put into practice. That it is. That it is. Um, And, you know, while, while delegating based strictly on personality is enticing and it seems like the natural order of things in practical terms, it really can't be the only consideration for effective delegation. Um, You know, effective delegation considers many different factors that range from personality type to professional competence and situational necessity. There are lots of positives that come from delegation, uh, but it is a form of management that really requires leadership to have a strong foundation of trust in their team in order to be successful. And, you know, with Delegation comes a lot of common issues. Um, One of the most common issues stems from, like I said, that fundamental lack of trust and, you know, the manager's inability to truly let go of a task once it's been delegated out. And this is something that I have to admit, I have struggled at points um, in my career with with letting things go and, and, and trusting that, you know, a task that I've assigned to uh, a teammate will get done, uh, there's an impulse that arises to micromanage tasks when, when you're assigning them to others. And, you know, this really all comes from a manager's inability to effectively uh, rely on a team and or get out of their own way. Um, so I've found that when I have fallen into this trap, it's really sort of eroded the professional relationship. Um, you know, it, it may not be something major, but people notice, you know, if you're given a task and all of a sudden your manager is sort of breathing down your neck and uh, constantly sort of uh, nitpicking or micromanaging, that, that does something. That, that erodes that professional, that relationship that you have with each other. And it also erodes the confidence that the teammate may have uh, in themselves. But now, having been in a managerial position for some time, um, I I know and I understand the importance of what you were were speaking to earlier, um, delegating based on personality. And uh, now I really only delegate tasks out to teammates that have proven their competence, uh, that I know I can trust, and I've shown that they can be trusted to get the work done. Uh, For everyone else, you know, it's it's been uh, sort of uh, a job to 
find a way to work with them in a way that makes sense. I found that working in a team setting or having certain teammates join me on projects may be a more effective way of eliciting participation than just strictly delegation. I think that's worked, and I think that's part of the manager's sort of core responsibility is to find ways to engage your team. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And just to kind of go back, you know, being someone that I feel in the past, I've kind of had some micromanaging um, supervisors at the same time. It it kind of it does definitely steer away from your self confidence and also decreases your desire to, or I wouldn't maybe not desire, maybe it just stifles your creativity because if you feel like you have a manager that's doing it all or, you know, constantly checking in and keeping tabs on, on the task, you know, they don't trust you. So you become, you're kind of like walking on eggshells, knowing managers need the time to do the upper level things. They need to delegate and delegation allows them to free up that time and concentrate on strategy and the strategically important tasks rather than being dragged into the weeds with delivering tasks and do outs. It also enhances the skills of the team because, like I mentioned, it gives them the ability to be creative. If they're trying to problem solve themselves, they're learning and growing. So giving them exposure and allowing them to stretch themselves in their role really benefits the organization by developing the talent internally. That's that's very true. And, you know, it is such a balance. It's such a a, I guess a complicated uh, sort of uh, situational task when you talk about delegation of duties, and um, you know, as as many advantages as it has, it does have some some risks and some potential drawbacks. Uh, one of the biggest risks of delegation is overworking your most capable team members. I mean, there's uh, sort of. Uh, this, this logical sort of impulse that if you have a highly capable uh, member of your team that you know will execute um, to the T whenever you ask them to, there's a tendency to give them more work. Unfortunately, it's it's a sort of a conundrum. You reward work with more work. Um, and that can really, over time, um, cause a lot of different tensions uh, within, you know, the, the dynamic between the, the worker and the manager or the entire team as a whole. Um, and there really must be sort of a workload balance that accounts for rewarding those who shoulder the burden of work uh, for their team, while also ensuring that their output is optimized and that they have um, uh, uh, an amiable work-life balance. A lot of the incentives, uh, when you're talking about a team level, uh, can unfortunately drive some of the lower performing members to um, sort of take on the role of a bandwagoner. Um, You know, that bandwagoner phenomenon makes it really enticing uh, for people to do the bare minimum while reaping the rewards of others' hard work. And it's incumbent upon managers to really um, mitigate that effect and ensure that um, your highest performing teammates are 
you know, they have some sort of parity with their workload to your lower performing teammates and you're finding ways to really uh, get the most out of out of everyone um, and and playing to uh, the whole team's strengths instead of uh, making it really a, a one sided affair when it comes to delegating out tasks. Absolutely. And just to kind of add on to that, too, sometimes maybe not micromanaging of or the micromanager, but also sometimes team members have a problem delegating their own work. They kind of have a control thing where they want to keep it close and don't want to give it away. They feel that they need to keep it so they can do it. And it's their value and job security, kind of. That's that's such a... Um a tricky phenomenon to to navigate as a manager right you you want your uh, team to really take ownership but you also want to ensure that there uh, isn't this hyper specialization going on where um, there's too much leverage on any one person um, for you know the task at hand uh, that too much responsibility is falling on one person and uh, they're too consequential to the overall project to the to the goal of the project um yeah it's it's a tricky it's a tricky tight tight rope uh to to walk on there yeah and also you know that old not to be negative nancy but the old adage if you know so and so gets hit by a bus today does someone else is they have someone else able to step in and take over it's the same thing Mm -hmm. with you know micromanaging and having too much not not teaching, not allowing the people that work for you to learn the process and can keep it going in your absence. And it relieves a lot of stress from you personally as a manager because you're able to step away and let your team work and they feel as though they're a part of it, a part of the bigger picture that's keeping them engaged. And those who are in the middle will widen with the possibility of, you know, splintering the team. The majority of our workforce is classified as not engaged between 60 to 65%, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's really stunning. I I I read that as well and you know, that that prevents a lot of different avenues of development from from flourishing uh because, you know, when you have such a large swath of your team considering themselves disengaged uh it it really um creates some untenable imbalances in your your team structure and as managers you know uh we really have to ensure that our team is engaged and and fully sort of turned on and participating so that we can ensure that we're meeting the company's needs. We can't only focus on leveraging our most productive individuals to the neglect of other teammates. Uh, you know, we must always really try to make sure that we're maintaining output levels and leading projects along to completion. It's a continuous al- a balancing act. Um, you know, it's it's something that you have to really get down in the weeds and and get to understand the motivations of your team to ensure that there aren't these um, sort of lingering nascent feelings of apathy among your team members that you can keep them sort of uh, buying into 
the vision of of the team of the company and keep them motivated to continue to produce and produce at a high level. Absolutely. And another thing is, you know, the issues around time management and delegation are often an initial indicator that there's bigger issues going on and the ones that managers need to make themselves aware of. If delegation is an issue with managers, you can be sure that there will be a price, you know, further down the line. But there's a few strategies managers can use to increase team member engagement while also equipping managers with a valuable training and experience. If one of the issues is low team member engagement and it's not recognized or it's recognized too late, the company will have to make adjustments in their management personnel because part of the manager's responsibility is eliciting participation from team members. So current management resources need to be able to recognize this and execute and a more capable manager may be required to take it, take their place. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, time management is, is huge. Um, it, it all sort of feeds into each other, you know, time management, uh, motivation, um, you know, apathy among maybe uh, disengaged team members. Uh, it, it really all sort of falls into the same purview of a manager's responsibility. And, you know, if a manager is overseeing a disengaged team uh, and is sort of failing to engage them or, or failing to motivate them so that they can form a more productive and, and capable unit, uh, then there are really potentially three causes for that disconnect. Um, the first is that Perhaps the recruitment process failed. Uh, someone was bought into the company with a poor attitude from the very beginning and never really, uh, you know, sort of bought into the vision of 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 the the company or the management team. And you know, a thorough review of all the recruitment and induction procedures really should be undertaken if that is the the root issue. Um, that is something that is more institutional and systematic um, when it comes to, you know, just simply hiring the right people. Uh, the second one could be that something happened to the individual's environment. Um, and that that goes to the point earlier of really getting to know your team members and and really investing in their uh, their well being and 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 keeping an open line of communication with them. Um, you know, a manager needs the skills to be able to coach their team members along um, and provide them with you know access to the resources that they need to help them both on a professional and a personal level. You know, there is. Um, there's really no avoiding the fact that personal issues do interfere with productivity. They do interfere with team dynamics. Uh, we're all human. We all, uh, even though we, we like to assume that, you know, we're leaving our personal issues at the door once we clock in, that's just simply not the case. That's not real life. Um, and it's incumbent upon managers to understand that and to have a degree of empathy when they're when they're dealing with their team members so that they can mitigate any potential issues um, that you know personal strife may be causing in the workplace and the third is that you know it, it could just be simply a, a failure of the manager uh, to uh, really effectively set the tone for their team and you know this one's going to be 
you know, and it, it really always is the most disputed point. Uh, but usually, um, you know, an external environment will be blamed. Um, you know, an ineffective manager tends to want to offload responsibility from themselves. And really, when you see an ineffective manager, that's a failure from leadership to a degree. And, you know, senior managers can be put in the spotlight in those situations. So we really have to be cognizant of the effect that the manager's style is having on their team and ensure that there are proper, you know, training mechanisms in place, proper um, uh, recruitment mechanisms in place, proper advancement mechanisms in place so that we can ensure that our managers are, you know, prop are, are correctly setting the tone for the team and, and, putting their team in the best position to succeed in whatever they're doing. Um, you know, poor middle management, I think, is is a plague for every organization. Um, it's, it's sort of a phenomena of, of organizations in general that there's always going to be a breakdown between leadership and, uh, you know, the, the groundwork because middle management um, has its own issues that they have to, to deal with. So, um, that that definitely always has to be taken into account that uh, team members' output and their uh, productivity does, to a degree, fall on the shoulders of management. And how much is is always situational, but that is definitely something that has to be accounted for. And you know, a good manager can really unite a team uh, against uh, any external circumstances. And they can put plans in place and delegate effectively. So everyone is clear on what needs to be achieved and crucially why it needs to be achieved, which is usually the, the, the best and most effective motivating factor is explaining the why. And a good leader will be able to hold poor leadership skills or poor leadership habits into account. And a good manager will always sort of challenge and, and help shape whatever the strategy of the organization is so that it's being effectively implemented on the ground level to a degree that is both productive and sustainable for their team. I think another good strategy is picking the right person for the job. And this is where it's, it's probably the number one rule when it comes to delegating, assigning tasks based on a person's best skills or, if appropriate, based on skills people are trying to develop. You know, for example, if you're delegating decisions about a conference event coming up, pick a person who consistently nails logistics and who's good with vendors or assign it to the person who has asked for the opportunity to take on a larger events planning role. You know, it's important to consider your employees' current workload, not overwhelming them with a whole bunch of extra learning capabilities, but, you know, what are they doing now and what do they have the bandwidth to do? Maybe someone hasn't been handed a big task in a while and hasn't been fully engaged. So putting that person in charge of the next important project will fill that person's time with meaningful work, give give them a chance to shine and may provide much needed boost and productivity. You know, on the other hand, if someone is overloaded with projects, they're not going to do their best work. They're going to be in the weeds 
no matter how great of a performer that person is. So eventually when the employee you choose has the skills and the time for that delegated task, they're more likely to succeed and they'll feel much more confident about, you know, the take letting, letting you'll feel more confident about letting them take over. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. Um, you know, choosing the right person for the job is always, um, I think it's, it's one of those moving targets that, um, it's, it, it bedevils every leader in every organization. The last sort of tip, um, and this one is, uh, you know, it, it's something that you really have to experience once you put it into practice. It's providing just enough guidance. Um, so for example, once you hand off a task, it's resisting the urge to micromanage, even though it's tempting, even though you want to ensure that, you know, you're giving as much clear guidance as possible to your team. Um, you have to remember that, you know, you you hired these people based on their expertise. You hired them to ensure that the organizational structure would have a diversity of thought, um, a diversity of of a of uh, problem solving skills. Um, and you have to ensure that they are going to be, you know, implementing, um, uh, sort of a mix of organizational guidance and their own expertise. And there, there's a fine line, you know, um, while you should always sort of answer questions and make sure that the job is getting done, you really have to resist the urge to constantly be weighing in and, and, you know, sort of uh, guiding their hands when it comes to the quote unquote small stuff, um, especially if you're not being explicitly asked, asked to do so. Um, you know, so, you know, for example, you've asked someone to write up a report and, uh, you know, stop by and you stop by and you want to see how it's going. That person asks you, um, you know, uh, how things are looking and you really want to go line by line and start really, you know, pointing out sort of the, the minute details and, and things like that. But, you know, you, you really have to stop yourself from sort of overstepping that boundary because what you want them to do is build the confidence to be able to approach um, issues and problems on their own, um, and you know, ensure that they have the the confidence of leadership to to execute and to not be constantly feeling the need to check in and um, you know ensure that they're they're on the right track because really all that is is one it's a time suck it stops uh, work from being done when a person feels like they have to constantly be. Um, you know, checking in to ensure that they are working in the manner that management wants them to. And two, it it all goes back to sort of um, it, it erodes that fundamental foundation of trust that's necessary to really be an effective organization. Um, so once you delegate it, it's really up to you to make sure that your employee isn't using your guidance as a crutch. Um, you know, it's, it's only natural that employees may sometimes get nervous about making decisions, but you have to remind them and yourself, uh, you know, why you assigned them that project in the first place. You know, you have to 
really, it goes back to that coaching. You have to ensure that they understand that you trust in their expertise, that you have confidence in them uh, to be a, a productive and competent uh, member of the team. And, you know, that feeling of trust that you instill in them will really boost their motivation. And it will also uh, have sort of a reciprocal effect because once they feel like they are confident in their own work, they will then reward you with being confident in your leadership, which um, can bear fruit in, in many different ways. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Country Intelligence Report. Please be sure to like and subscribe. For more in-depth analysis, please visit us on Twitter at Country Intel, Instagram, Country Intel underscore report, or visit our website at www.countryintel.com.